Welcome to this week's episode of Lazy Boy Coaches. As always, I'm Scott. I'm Alan. Football is back, buddy. Yeah, I wish it was a little bit better game to watch, but it's back. I mean, that's the good thing. But... Yeah, yeah. It, the Hall of Fame game is always, you know, third string, fourth string guys that are trying to make the team. You know, you get maybe one or two series from your starters, but it's football. It's the start. It's letting us know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, like, for people like us, it was great. But if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, you're like, oh, it's going to be a long year. Not so much. I don't think so. Um, because the, the defense looked okay. Uh, you know, you got a little bit of a glimpse at some of your players. But, again, those are all guys that are trying to make the back end of the roster. You know, you're not seeing your starters out there much. They put they put Harris to work. Yeah. Um, so... I'm not overly concerned about the results of the game. Uh, you know, you had a couple of guys that had good performances. Uh, we, we got a, a little bit of a glimpse at Najee Harris. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that game here in a little bit. Uh, I, I'm just excited that football is back. Yes, it is. So um, You know, we're getting closer and closer to fantasy drafts. Uh, my league drafts on the 29th, I believe it is. I'll have to double-check that date, but, you know, it, it's getting awful close. Um, so I, I'm ready for it. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the top tight ends in, in fantasy drafts this year. Um, you know, you, you might see a few names that you're, you, you don't normally see. Um, you know, there might be a, a name or two that surprises you, uh, but... Your leaders for last year, uh, you know, the the normal cast of characters, uh, you know, of course, Travis Kels was number one. He's a big, big part of that Kansas City offense. And he's so versatile, too. I yeah. mean, he's um, not your typical tight end. No. Uh, we had Darren Waller coming in at number two. Uh, you know, that guy, that's a redemption story. Um, you know, because he, he had addiction problems and... You know, was was going down a bad path and really, really turned himself around and has turned into a a top tight end in the league. He's looking real, real good and he is fast. Yeah, and Car Car loves throwing him the ball too. So I mean, he gets a lot of well with, with his height and his speed. He, he you know he's a matchup nightmare for for linebackers. Right, and those are what you're seeing. You know, main tight ends nowadays are those. You know, ever since Jimmy Graham made made it big. Right. Um, number three, uh, another guy that we hadn't heard of, Robert Tanyan. Um, Green Bay you came out of nowhere, but Aaron Rodgers loved hooking up with him. Well, I mean, he's he's so reliable. I mean, if you get the ball to him, he's going to catch it and hold on to it. And he's also, you know, kind of like there with, with Little, he's a little bit better a blocker too. Right. You know, so he's a damn good compliment to an already dangerous offense. Yeah. Uh, another guy that had a big, big year last year, a former quarterback in Logan Thomas. Uh, he was a quarterback at what, Virginia Tech? I believe so. I, I think it was Virginia Tech. But yeah, former quarterback, playing tight end now, was your number four fantasy tight end last year. Uh, averaging 11 points a game. And, you know, look at it. There's a quite a big drop-off between number one and two and then the rest of the field. Uh, because Kels last year was averaging 20.9 points per game. Waller was at 17.4. Uh, 
And then you drop down to like 11 points a game, you know? Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, Kittle, he will have a much better year. Well, yeah, because he, he was hurt for a good portion of the year last year. He was year. hurt. His quarterback was hurt. Um, you know, like last year, nobody got beat up like the Niners did. Yeah, the, half their but, team was on IR. Um, but coming in at fifth, TJ Hawkinson, the young kid in Detroit. I really like him. Uh, he, he looks really, really good. Um, and Goff likes his tight ends, too. We saw that in L.A., so. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, then we had Mark Andrews in Baltimore. Uh, another young guy, Mike Gusecki, down in Miami. Uh, he looks very, very promising. Look for him to have a big year this year. You know, take another big leap forward. Um, the old man, uh, Gronk, down in Tampa. I, I, I don't know how many years he's got left in him, but while he's here, you know, he, soy fiesta. He's a touchdown machine, especially with Tom Brady. And, I mean, it's Tom Brady throwing to him, so... Right, and, and then to round out your, your top ten, you had Noah Fant in Denver and Hayden Hurst in Atlanta. Um, you know, we didn't even get to guys, like you said, like a, a George Kittle or, you know, Evan Ingram or, you know, some of the big names. They were down, George Kittle's down at 19 for last year. Yeah. But he also only played eight games. Right, so, I mean, that that's pretty impressive when you put eight games and he's better than half the other tight ends out yeah. there. The eight games that he did play, he, he was averaging 15-6 a like, game. I can guarantee you I don't have him ranked at number 19. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, you know, and then there's a couple other guys on the list that I look for this year. Um, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, who do you have as your number one this year. I don't think it's any surprise. Number one, Travis Kelsey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Compare him with Mahomes. You have Hill on that. It's just, it's so deadly. You can't, you can't cover him with a tight end. I mean, with a linebacker. And if you bring up a safety or a corner, you're leaving Tyreek Hill by himself. So, I mean, hands down, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Um, that, of course, that's who I have too. Uh, you, not a surprise. You know, I'm pretty sure he's number one on everybody's list. Uh, at number two is where I moved George Kittle up to. Yeah. You know, as long as he stays healthy, he he is a top two, top three tight end in the league. And, unfor- like, if you put him in Kansas City, he would be the number one tight end. Unfortunately, he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball, you know. Um, and he's a little bit better blocker uh, than what you get. Right, and I was going to say, from an overall tight end spot... Not talking fantasy numbers, but for, as an overall tight end, I would put him number one. Because yeah, uh, he does the, he does more blocking. Right, because he's a much better blocker. Uh, but you don't, you know, that doesn't come into to account when you're talking fantasy numbers. So, right. Two minute warning. I'm gonna want Kelsey. Right. Uh, then at number three is where I have Darren Waller. Uh, I think he's gonna have another big year. Again, he's tall. He's fast. It's just a matchup nightmare, and we've seen time and time again that Carr likes to go to him. And as much as I hate Carr, you know he he's a good quarterback. Yeah, and he he definitely hits you know meets up with his tight end a lot. So yeah. Um, number four, uh, I have T.J. Hawkinson. You know we know that Goff likes to throw to his tight ends. We know uh, that the offense that they're molding in Detroit favors tight ends and Hawkinson's got all the talent in the world. Yeah, I can't argue with that one. I mean, you know, the quarterbacks 
in Denver right now, they're running for their lives. So they're always looking for that shorter pass. They're not going down the field. So, you know, if you have an athletic tight end, it, yeah. So. Um, number five, who do you got? Number five, I got Mark Andrews. Um, you know, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. He's, it's kind of the same thing that you have in Kansas City. You know, a lot of rollout goes to the tight end quite a bit. So, you know, he's just, He's always putting up good numbers. and Well, and with the, the I guess, the lack of quality fantasy wide receivers in Baltimore, it, it kind of lends a little more to the, the tight end. And um, you don't... Plus, we've seen what happens when Lamar Jackson tries to throw the ball over 20 yards. <laughs> right. And, you know, Mark Andrews, is he's getting up in age a little bit. He's been around the block a little bit. Um, but... Still, he's he's producing. I mean, yeah, and and we're seeing, you know, when it comes to like tight ends, the age isn't quite as a biggest factor as it was is with some of the other positions, you know. So well, I guess he's not quite as old as I thought. He's only twenty five. I thought he was a little bit older than that. Or maybe it's, it's just because he's been producing since he came in the league. It's made it seem like a lot longer. Um, I mean, at twenty five, he still got ch- ten years in. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, I, I can definitely have see him at five. Um, at number six, for me, simply because of the lack of options on the offense, uh, and the this is purely going off potential because he's a rookie. Uh, we don't know for sure, but I have Kyle Pitts. That's where I was stuck him. This you know, it's just. The upside to him is, you know, limitless. He is definitely worth that guy to take the risk on and hope he pays out because I honestly think he will. He's got a veteran quarterback throwing to him. You know, I still I still believe Matt Ryan's got a few more years in him. So, yeah, I won't Kyle Pitts. Yeah, because, like I said, there, there's not very many receiving options on that Atlanta offense. Um, you know, like we talked about when we talked Atlanta's schedule – he was one of the only guys that I was really excited about on that offense, you know, him and, and Ridley. Yeah. Calvin Ridley. Other than that, you know, nobody really jumps out at you. So I, I went ahead and I put Kyle Pitts in my top 10. Um, number six, seven. Uh, who do you got? I got Noah font from Denver. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to depend a lot on, uh, who the quarterback is um, because Teddy Bridgewater isn't so much uh, attuned to, to throwing the tight ends um, but we, we know that Drew Locke is so depending on who the quarterback is there will you know move him up or down on my list because we don't know who and my thing is, is I'm I'm hoping you know uh, with that receiver they have I can't think of his name right now. Which one? Stud wide receiver in Denver. Oh. Um... Yeah. See, I'm not the only one. But I'm hoping now that he's gonna be pulling over quite. You know, he's gonna be keeping safety presence on him. So Fawn's gonna be lining up mostly with linebackers, and I think, you know, nine times out of ten he'll win that matchup. I I hope so. Um, I have Mike Gasecki here. I think he's gonna have another big year. Uh, he's gonna make, you know, make more strides, going more strides forward, and look at what he did last year. He produced, you know, he, he was a guy that you could count on. 
Um, my problem is, is I don't have faith in Tua. We've seen kind of what happens, you know, from Bama quarterbacks. They, they don't always shine in the NFL very brightly, and he didn't show anything that wowed me last year. Well, and you know, they they do have Jacoby Brissett backing up Tua if they decide to go that route. So I don't mind putting Gasecki in this spot right here. Right. Uh, one thing about Miami's coaching choices with quarterbacks is they took a winning quarterback out and stuck Tua in. So don't count on the quarter, the coaches there in Miami making a good call. Well, that's that's true too. Um, so who do you have at number eight? At number eight, I'm going to go with Evan Ingram. Um, we've seen, you know, he, he has a good tight end. He's reliable. This is a make or break it year for, you know, good old Daniel Jones. Your so, guy Danny Dines. I, not this year. I made that mistake last year, <laughs> but you know this is a prove it year for him. So he he's got to go big or go home, and he's a pretty safe option to throw to. My problem with Evan Ingram is, is health. Um, he has issues staying healthy. You know, playing all sixteen games. Uh, he's super talented. I'd like to see it, uh, but I I do have him just outside my top ten. Um, so at, at number eight for me, I I have Logan Thomas. I think he's going to have another big year. Um, I, I think that, you know, he showed last year that he can be that guy. Um, you know, and that's not an easy transition to make from quarterback to tight end, but he's done it. You know, so knowing that he was a starting quarterback all throughout college, you know, shows you that he has that athleticism. And it also kind of, Shows you, you know, he, he kind of has the mind of a quarterback. So he can, you know, read defenses a little different. Um, so, and I think that'll, I definitely think that'll help him out quite a bit. Yeah, and, you know, they kind of upgraded the quarterback position through free agency this offseason. So, I mean, they got a better quarterback who understands defenses better. So I think he'll be able to utilize his tight end a little bit more. Yeah. Um, at number nine, I put Robert Tanyan uh, with... You know, um, Aaron Rodgers coming back, I, I think they're still going to have that connection. They're still going to, you know, just kind of pick up and keep rolling from where they were last year. And I think he'll continue to produce and hopefully take another couple of steps forward. Yeah, you know, Green Bay's offense coming back, they're pretty much the exact same as they were last year. So, you know, he produced last year. What what would make you think he's not going to produce this year again? Right. Um, so then number 10, where are you going? Number 10, Tyler Higby, or, or Higby, Rams. Um, Stafford, once again, he's another quarterback, likes his tight ends. He's, he's very well experienced, so going in there, you know, it, it's what he's used to. So, uh, At number 10, I have Irv Smith Jr. in Minnesota um, because Kirk Cousins likes to, you know, go to his tight ends quite Kirk a Cousins bit. Kirk Cousins ain't in right now. Well, and they, who do they got for their backup? I'm not sure who their backup is, but uh, something's going on with Kirk Cousins and COVID. No, 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 no. I just read today that that everything's good to go. There. Oh, is it? Okay. He's not getting vaccinated, but he's going to follow all the protocols and everything so that he's good to go. Okay. Um, but Kyle Rudolph is no longer there uh, at the start, starting tight end position. Um, and Irv Smith is a guy that they drafted in 2019 
you know, he and each year he's played a little bit bigger role, and this year he's going to be the guy. Um, so I, I think that he's going to have a big year. And I mean, can't argue with it. I just you know, you know. coming coming out of the draft, he had a lot of hype around him. Um, so I'm pretty I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, and so I, I went ahead and I put him at my number ten spot. Um, who, who, couple of sleepers that I have, uh, Cole Komet in Chicago. Um, you know, he's a young guy. I think this is his second year. Yeah, this is his second year. Uh, and I, th- you know, he's shown some flashes. So, you know, I think this year look for him to put at least put up a couple of good games. You know, maybe not quite a, a star yet, but uh, definitely a couple of good games. Yeah. Um, and then my my other sleeper is, is the old man Jared Cook. Uh, moving over to the Chargers this year, new offense. He, you know, coming out of Minnesota, he had a pretty good year, um, but you know, no longer have Drew Brees throwing to him. He's we, the Chargers lost Hunter Henry, and so we brought in Jared Cook to to fill that role. Hunter Henry had a fantastic year last year. Uh, you know, he, he had a real connection with our quarterback. And I expect that to continue, you know, that the quarterback tight end connection there. So I put Jared Cook as one of my sleepers. See, and for a sleeper, you know, I uh, Cook was one of them. And the other one was Zach Ertz. Um, you know, he's always right around there. And I think, you know, he's a, he's a safe bet to go on with, you know, having a breakout year. And so, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go with the safe bet. I'm just going to go with Zach Ertz because – you know, even though the quarterbacks aren't stellar in Philly, I still think, you know, with a young guy, he's going to be looking for a tight end for a quick release. Yeah, well, and he, he's looking for a trade, too. So I think that will definitely affect his fantasy value if he gets traded. Um, so we'll see where he ends up landing. But he's always a guy that's consistent with, with fantasy numbers. Um, so there, that's that's our tight end list for this year. Uh, it's not a very deep tight end class, um, but you know there's definitely some stars there. Yeah, it it quickly goes from stars to your NFL average tight ends. Yeah, um, some other NFL news that that broke today before we get into the Hall of Fame game, um, the huge contract that Josh Allen got. Uh, you know, a hundred and. Fifty million dollars guaranteed, and a two. What is it? Two fifty-eight total value. Um, that is the highest guaranteed contract ever in a contract. Uh, the biggest before this was Mahomes, Mahomes with one forty-one. Uh, so that one fifty is a big, big number. Um, and at two fifty-eight. It makes his uh, average annual value $43 million, which is just shy of Mahomes' $45 million. Yeah, and like we say this number like it's just, like it's huge, and but he's worth it. Yeah, oh yeah. He, he's he, worth every penny of it. Yeah, he, you know, they picked up his, his fifth-year option, uh, you know, in, in March, I think. Just kind of as a formality, uh, they were both both sides were working towards this long term deal, uh, and I'm glad that he got it. I mean, secure the bag, young man. 
Right? And, well, he just did that. Now he needs to go out and buy a major league team. <laughs> yeah. No, he's definitely proved that he's worth it. Uh, every year he's gotten a little bit better. You know, he's he can run it. He can throw it. You know, uh, he was runner-up in the MVP voting last year. You know, took the Bills deep into the playoffs where they haven't been for a long time. Uh, and it, it looks like they'll be going to be back there again next year, you know? Yeah. So... You know, from from 2019 to 2020, he, he made huge leaps. Uh, you know, he, he increased his completion percentage from 58.8 to 69.2, and his passer rating went from 85.3 to 107.2. Yeah, big mainly because he cut down on his interceptions big time. Right, and, and a big part of that also was Stephon Diggs. I mean, yeah, and I mean, you know, like you said, yeah, 69 percent uh, completion ratings isn't you know, huge, but when you look at the steps he's taken forward, you can only assume that's going to keep getting better. So right, and and he's a humble young man. Um, you know, he he said earlier, he said I've had numerous talks with my offensive coordinator and, and coach Sean McDermott, and he said I made a vow to them that I'd be a better quarterback and do things the right way. Uh, he he said I've got a long way to go. I'm in no way saying that I've arrived or that I'm there. You know, so he's a guy that's always working, always wanting to get better. He understands that there's still room to grow, and that's what you want to see in a quarterback, especially a franchise guy that that you just dropped $258 million on. Especially in Buffalo, where they haven't been excited about a quarterback since Jim Kelly. You know, and he will get all three of his top receivers back this year, including Stephon Diggs, who was the league's leading receiver last year. Yeah. And, I mean, you can't say enough about Diggs either. Yeah. So, you know, we're definitely, you know, I'm definitely excited for that. Um, we'll see how much he improves this year and, you know, how much he, he continues to grow. But congratulations on that, man. $258 million with $150 million guaranteed. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, choosh. Um, so... Let's talk about the the Hall of Fame game last night. What what did you see? Um, I saw that Dallas didn't really improve much from last year. I know you know it was minus Dak, minus most of their starting offensive linemen, but once again it comes down to mental mistakes beat Dallas, and that's been the mo, you know, before McCarthy got there and last year with McCarthy. It's not that teams are better than Dallas. It's that Dallas is better than Dallas. Right. And once again, you saw that come out. Um, on Pittsburgh's side, it was, you know, a little bit more, you know, their defense was, you know, it was very physical, very active. You know, they had, what, seven sacks, something like that last night? Uh, four. They only had four. Only four. But still, you know, that's is not only four. That's four times. It was seven hits they had on the quarterback, or seven uh, hurries. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the defense looked great. You know, Najee Harris, he, he got some action in the game. He looked, you know, pretty promising. Seven carries, 22 yards. Um, you know, and, again, it wasn't with the starting group. Right. Um, so, Kalen Balaj played fairly well, as did, as did Jalen Samuels. You know, their run game looked good. Uh, which it definitely needs to because last year they were last in a couple of categories and, and near last in the rest for, for rushing. So that's something they definitely, definitely need to, to fix. Um, 
Chase Claypool, again, kid out of Notre Dame. Uh, his second year looked really good. He had, had one big play, uh, 45 yards. You know, yeah, he got a little bit of a push-off. <laughs> Just, but they didn't call it, and he, but he still made the grab. A nice, nice deep grab. Um, you know, there's not, uh, you know, again, there wasn't the starting groups. We didn't see everybody, but those young receivers are, are nice. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. It's just I wasn't very thrilled with Dallas coming out, you know, minus two, you know, or or rather plus two in the turnover to ratio. It, it's just it's not good. And Mark Harthy, that falls on, on the coach. Right. Once again, he did not have his team prepared. Will that change, you know, once you get Dak Prescott in? I, I would I would assume. Oh, I mean. I'll tell you right now, though. Dak Prescott gets hurt; they're screwed. Well, I mean, because yeah, they they rolled out Garrett Gilbert, Ben Denucci, and Cooper Rush. I mean, but that's who's on their roster. Yeah, I mean, if Dak goes down, I mean, they're gonna have to open up a checkbook. Well, I mean, it's not like Pittsburgh's much better. I mean, they got Mason Rudolph back there, who is Dookie, Dwayne Haskins, Dookie. You know. Rudolph is a solid backup quarterback, and that's exactly what he is. Well, you have Big Ben as your starting quarterback. I I can guarantee you, if Big Ben goes down for a serious amount of time, they're not going to roll with Rudolph. Not after they saw how crappy he is. Well, they had to last year, and they they did okay. I mean, <laughs> but no, it, for for what it was, you know, it was it was all right. Uh, again, it was third, fourth string guys. Right. Um, guys that are trying to make the back end of the roster. And that's what, I mean, I would kind of wish, you know, they would take the Hall of Fame game a little bit more serious. Like, you know, I understand it's still preseason, but let your, let your ones go for a couple series. And that's, that's just kind of the way it goes with the first preseason game. You don't see the ones a whole lot. I honestly think that the the first game of the year should be between the no number one, number two drafted quarterbacks. You kind of build up a little more interest. People want to watch it a little bit more, kind of see what these guys are made of uh, in their first NFL action. I think that'd be good to see. Right. But, uh, no, you know, Steelers won it 16-3. It's preseason, third and fourth string, so it doesn't matter. But it was just good to see football back on the field. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, and I think Dallas might have a worse kicker than the Chargers do. <laughs> Slow down. It was their third string guy. Um, well, we'll see. I mean, I hope it's not their starter. <laughs> um, so, I'm just super grateful that football is back. Um, so, you know, over in the NBA, the Lakers are, you know, building a team of grandpas. Hey, we got our guy back. I mean. Yeah, I mean. I think I don't think he's gonna play all that much. Um, you know, Gasol's definitely on on the end of his career. I think it was more of come back and retire with an LA type of thing. But LA loves him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, while while the Lakers are, are signing all these big names, but not necessarily big talents anymore. Uh, the Warriors went and gave Steph a two hundred and fifteen million dollar extension. 
Um, for over four years, you know, he's now the first player in NBA history to sign two 200 million plus contracts. And that's pretty impressive. I mean, well, before I say anything good about him, just remember every time I see him, I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> You've looked at five pictures of him, and every time I wanted to punch him. Why? I don't know. I don't like the guy. However, I mean, he's that team. When you don't have Steph Curry and they're playing, like, they're not the same team. So, congratulations to him. I'll still punch you in the face. I, I don't get your hate for Steph Curry. I don't know. I just, I do not like that guy. I, I don't know. I, I feel bad because he's a great basketball player. But I don't like him. But um, looking at the the Lakers roster, I mean, our our depth chart. We got Russell Westbrook, Wayne Ellington, LeBron, AD, Mark Gasol, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza. You know, guys that are their names, but they're you know guys that are really on the in the twilight of their career. Right. It kind of sounds like you're reading off like pretty much the roster of NBA 2004. Right, right. Um, you know, one of the more underrated signings, I think, by the Lakers was Kendrick Nunn from Miami. You know, he's a guy that can come off the bench and, you know, get you 15, 20 points a night. You know, he's got a little bit of downside, you know, because he's a little inconsistent. But when he's on, he's on. And I, I really liked that signing. I also liked the Malik Monk signing. Um, another guy that can come off the bench and get you points. Uh, I, I think what we really need is kind of a spot-up three-point shooter. Yeah, I mean, I heard they were looking at a couple of them. But, you know, so far as you can see, we still don't. Right. Uh, you know... You know, like you were saying, that that looks like a 2K, you know, 10 roster. Yeah, we even forgot Tomelo Anthony's on there, too. No, no, I said Carmelo. Uh, you know, so, I mean, yeah, I mean. I mean, yeah, Melo had a, a good year last year in Portland, but. It's like the Golden Globetrotters coming. Right. They can do some cool stuff, but are they going to be able to win? <laughs> I, I, saw, I seen a meme the other day. It showed the, the team from Uncle Drew, all the old guys, and it said, this is a Lakers starting roster. Wow. Well. And I mean, they're not necessarily wrong. We watch all these guys come out and just have like the game of their the season of their careers, and we just blow everybody out of the water, which is a win-win. I mean, right? Um, Andre Iguodala agreed to return to the Warriors. You know that guy; he, he's an amazing defensive presence. But again, that's another guy that's in the twilight of his, of his career. Yeah, we've been saying that for a couple of years now. I mean, but. I don't know. I still don't think the Warriors are going to be a huge factor next year. Um, Kawhi opted out of his deal with the Clippers, but he's just signing a new deal with them, staying with them. Uh, Kevin Durant is planning on a, a four-year, $198 million extension with the Nets. Um, still ain't going to get a ring. <laughs> until... Until they lose and another team's doing good, and then he's gonna be like, my next chapter, and <laughs> you know. Uh, but what's up, LA? Right, right. No, but 
we I think the Lakers still have one more roster spot to fill. And like I said, hopefully we, we can find that spot up shooter that we need. Um you know, there there's still guys like Damian Lillard that are coming up on free agency. So maybe with some of these one year deals we're just making it through the year so that we got room for a guy like Dame. I mean, how awesome would that be? You'd have your shooter. Yeah. Um, the Olympic team, our, our men's Olympic team, uh, is going for gold. Um, they played Australia yesterday, struggled a little bit in the first half, but in the second half they just they turned it on. And it was... Now in the gold medal game, we have to face France, uh, a French team that we lost to in the Olympic opener, uh, you know, 83-76. Uh, it, it was deemed an upset at the time, but, you know, now you look there in the gold medal games, maybe it's not so much of an upset. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's going to turn out the same way as it did in game one. No, I don't think so. Um, I think our team is kind of rounded into shape and got, caught their stride. Um, so... Hopefully we can bring home a, a, another another gold. I mean, that's kind of what the USA is known for is, is gold medal basketball. Right, yeah. It's been, what, since I think 2004 since we haven't won the gold in basketball? I, I think so. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully our men can pull it out. Um, total uh, Olympics, we are leading the medal count uh we're we're tied or no china is up five in the gold count uh 36 31 but the overall medal count we've got we're up 20 over china um and i know that there's a lot of people that say hey you know if if it's not gold then it doesn't count but even a bronze you're still the third best in the entire world right yeah um, so don't tell me it doesn't count. Go, and, go walk up to an Olympic athlete and tell them that their bronze medal doesn't count. And, you know, shout out to Kenyans runners that, you know, to, and the 800 meter uh, sprint. So that was pretty uh, interesting. That was pretty fun to watch. And it's, it's kind of an event that Kenya is really taking over on is that 800 and the distant running in, in the Olympics. So it was, a, I actually enjoyed the race to watch that one. So, yeah. And, and you know, the U.S. women have been doing very well also. Uh, we won silver in the 4 by 100 relay. Um, and the the two women, the two U.S. women in the sprint, I don't remember how long it was, but they won, uh, you know, gold, silver. And I think the top three or four all broke the world record. But naturally it goes to the, the woman that won first. Um, but, yeah, they were cooking. Uh, okay. Took gold and silver there. Um, we took golden uh, women's wrestling. Yeah, women's wrestling, women's beach volleyball. Um, we are at the finals of the indoor volleyball. Um, our U.S. women's basketball team is in the gold medal game, and they've just been destroying everybody. Um, you know, we are doing well in wrestling, men's wrestling. Um, we're we're doing well all around. Yeah, we have you know so we have more gold medals to come up and you know we had some unexpected 
non-metalist, you know. Right. Yeah. But shout out to all these Olympic athletes. And don't let anybody tell you that a bronze medal is worthless. A bronze medal in a high school tournament is worthless. A bronze medal in the Olympics, you're the third best. Like, so, yeah. Yeah, you're still like you're still the third best in the world. Like the in the marathon, uh, the American woman Molly Seidel won it or won bronze, and she's only the third American woman to ever medal in the marathon. And she wasn't that far behind the the Kenyans that won first and second. You know, I think she was only like four or five seconds behind the silver. And silver was a couple of seconds behind gold. They were all right in a pack together. Uh, so it wasn't like it was a, a dominating performance by the Kenyans. But still, a bronze medal, only the third to ever medal. I was going to say, even if you're five minutes behind, you're still the third best in the world. Yeah. Um, and not this is necessarily the world, but this is the thing people train for their entire lives, you know. Yeah. Our, our women's soccer team took bronze. Um, you know, they kind of... They, Kind of screwed up in the in the 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 semifinals, but yeah, this kind of, that's one reason why I kind of wish it was best two out of three in the Olympics because I think it was a fluke, you know. America, we are our soccer team is unbelievably good. Yeah, so you know, again, we're dominating the medal count. I had somebody the other day. They're like, "Well, why isn't America as good as they used to be?" I don't know what you're talking about. We're dominating the medal count. Well, that and now a lot of our players that are coming here, it's it's you know known for them to go back to their home countries and play there. Right. So, I mean, they're coming over here as an NBA talent but and going home and playing. Yeah. So, yeah, if you have one guy like a Luka, you're going to dominate every team that you go up against that doesn't have any NBA caliber players on it. Yeah. Um. So congratulations to all of those athletes. Uh, over in Major League Baseball, um, since we last talked to you guys, the the Dodgers added another arm to their rotation, picking up Cole Hamels. That's what they needed. <laughs> hey, you can never have too many pitchers. Um, They're testing it. They really are testing it. They're going to have like a pitcher per inning. No, no, not quite. Um, I, I do think that we have a great roster coming on here. I mean, uh, you know, we got Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer. You know, our our pitcher per inning. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, Kershaw, Scherzer, Bueller, Urias, Hamels. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, our, our bullpen is looking nice. It's going to need to be come, you know, World Series time. That seems to be when, when we fall apart. Um, yeah, but, you know, also with that bullpen, I mean, you need to make some trades. You have some top-level pitchers you can throw in to try to get some players you need if you need to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, I just, I don't know if there's any end to the, the Dodgers checkbook. It's... Well, the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah. You know, maybe baseball needs to put in a, a salary cap. 
Well, I, well, I don't know. I mean, the NFL's got a salary cap, and there's now doing $300, 500000000 million contracts, too. So. Well, that's true. Um, but, no, we're, we're coming down to towards the end of the season where teams really need to get their poop in a group and get get together. Um, some some of these races are, are getting to be out of reach. Um, like, like the American League Central, the White Sox have a 10-game lead over, over the Indians. Yeah. Pretty sure they're going to win that division. Um, Tampa Bay is leading the AL East by a game and a half, so that one's still up, up for... Grabs there, um, Tampa Bay over the Boston Red Sox. And well, Boston better get into gear because they've been playing like crap lately. So have your Mets. Yeah, well, uh, your Mets are starting to have their end of the season collapse. Uh, they're still leading the the NL East, uh, but it's down to only half a game. Uh, in their last ten, they're three and seven. So y- y'all might want to uh, kick them in the ass. And- yeah, I mean, I, I tell I tell people every time they're great until after the All Star game. Uh, over in the NL Central, the the Brewers have a seven game lead over the Reds. That's pretty much decided. That's pretty much decided. Uh, in the NL West, the the Giants have a four game lead over the Dodgers. Um, pretty much decided. Not no. The head to head. If you come down to head to head, San Francisco takes it. Yeah, but there's still. Quite a bit left. We can make up those four games, um, I, especially you know coming off the the trade deadline with our, our new rotation. I think we'll we'll manage. Yeah, I mean your pitchers ain't gonna get tired. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no, they'll, they'll definitely be okay. <laughs> um, so next week we will talk about. Uh, our fantasy defenses, um, you know, total team defense. There's some really scout defenses out there, um, some that, that might surprise you, uh, especially if they can stay healthy. Um, I, 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 you know, one that I'm going to throw in there that. Yeah, but I mean, the real battle is going to be between number one and number two. Yeah, it always is. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Preseason week, preseason week one starts uh, August twelfth, so next Thursday. Uh, there, there's a, we got Washington at the Patriots and Steelers at the Eagles, um, and then there's a couple games Friday, bunch of games on Saturday, and then one game on Sunday. I'm just excited that football is back. I yeah, know. I mean, it really does. It is really the best time of year. You know, we're having cooler temperatures coming in. Christmas is on its way. Oh, don't start! Football. Don't start! Don't start with Christmas. I mean, do not start with Christmas already. I'm just saying, it's a great time of year. No, you're skipping Halloween. Wait, that's because Halloween in North Platte the past couple of times we've been able to actually go out has been brutal. Don't skip Halloween. It's no. so cold. Don't skip Halloween. But no, as far as sports go, this is. One of the best times of the year, uh, you know, because we, we got NFL that's starting up before long college football is starting up. We're going to have, you know, we're, we're getting down to teams trying to make a push for the playoffs in baseball. There's a lot of stuff going on. So super excited that football's back. Um, 
we'll, we'll start talking college football uh, in a couple of weeks, bringing out our, our top 25. Yeah, which, unfortunately, I mean, kind of looks similar to last year because of last year's season, you know. Uh, there, but There's a couple of movers and shakers. You know, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, have you heard if Oklahoma and Texas has made the move? Um, they will move to the SEC starting with the 2025 season. Uh, see that, and once that happens, that's going to change everything. Yeah, they they have to wait. They have to let their current contract expire with the Big Twelve. They just decided not to re-sign. Instead, they accepted a, an invitation for the SEC starting in twenty twenty five. And but, that's going to be the whole change of college football. Yeah, um, we'll we'll, talk, we'll get into talking about that and what we think might be coming up for changes. But like I said, next week defenses and. We'll have a chance to talk about uh, all these upcoming preseason games and what we're looking forward to that. So uh, stick with us for for a while. Um, super excited that you guys are here. We appreciate everything. Lots to talk about coming up. And uh, I will be live streaming my uh, fantasy draft for, for all you guys that want to listen. So. Uh, Appreciate you guys being here. Uh, For Lazy Boy Coaches, I'm Scott. I'm Alan. Catch you guys next time.